Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. This is episode 43. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. Let's get into some burning topics, shall we? A lot has happened since the last podcast. Really, it was only about a week ago, but on Archie's birthday, we saw some things pop off, and that's fine. But I'll just try to go in order here. But speaking of Archie's birthday, that was really great, wasn't it? We got to see this wonderful video of Archie and Megan reading the story to him, the book called Duck Rabbit. It's funny because I knew when I saw the video, I was like, oh, that book gonna sell out. And it sold out. But it was so cute. First and foremost, can we just talk about how Megan and Harry just love their supporters? I think about it often. I don't always tweet about it. I did put one tweet out about it, but something told me we would get something from them on Archie's birthday. And, you know, the queen didn't have to do it, but she did. She did it anyway. Even when all of their supporters were saying, we hope they don't put something out just because the press will get a hold of it and make a profit out of it. Or we were saying we would be okay if they didn't. But of course, girl, we love that content. Even though we were totally fine not to, they totally did. And I just thought that was so nice of them. And also, of course, for a good cause, which is the most important thing. But as a side note, that just really shows you how bad the press is if Harry and Meghan's most devoted fans are willing to forego Archie content on his birthday just so the press don't profit. Yikes. But the Sussexes decided we should have something, and so we did. So we got this wonderful video of Megan reading a children's book to Archie. In that Sussex way, they use all the attention directed at them and point it towards a charity, in this case, Save the Children UK. So a couple things. Archie, Archie, Archie. That kid has a lot of personality. And I feel like he's going to be funny like his dad, but who am I to say? The kid's only one. But by all appearances, he looks pretty strong-headed, right? And my God, he is going to be tall. Like, it's amazing how much has changed since South Africa. If you remember, that was back in October to now May. So that's really the better part of a year. That boy is going to be tall. Oh, my gosh. And so Harry's pretty tall. But I feel like Archie's already half of Megan's height, which is bonkers, bro. Anyway, he's going to have some long bones and looks like a strong personality to match. So that was really great for them to share that with us. And then also just to see them as a family, you know, that family vibe, even though Harry wasn't there. You know, he was there. He wasn't in the video. His presence was very much there. You know, you could hear him, you could laugh, you could see how he was interacting with them in the moment. And that was just really perfect to me. So I also feel like he's going to be a bit of a jokester because the way he picked up that book, the second book, and then dropped it down, iconic. Only a king knows how to find a book and drop it to the flow two seconds later, like that. All jokes aside, though, this kid is so comfortable in the presence of his parents, and it's really lovely to see. I love that they allowed us to see his personality, not just a short clip or a picture, you know what I mean? And we can all see the ways that he's grown from his little gibberish to him basically now telling his mom, Mama, you're not turning these pages fast enough. I need to know what happened next. But the way he sat there and read his little book and then when it was over, the way he just looked at Harry and smiled. Oh, my heart. 
And Megan, of course, I mean, she doesn't have any bad angles, not one, but it was good to see her too. And also just the interaction, you know, it's good to see her as a mother and allowing him to turn the pages and the way that she engaged with him as well as the audience. So, I mean, thinking of children who are also going to be watching the video, if they have, you know, scroll over to Instagram and see it or their parents show it to them. I mean, that's how you read a children's book. So while Fergie and Cressida Bonus are sitting on YouTube looking like they are forced to read children's books in a hostage video, they can learn a thing or two from the queen of children, Miss Meghan Markle, because Queen did that. And we love what we witnessed. A natural. Also, how about the fact that Save the Children saw a surge in donations following that video? Okay, so let's talk about the Megan effect, shall we? So if you don't know, Save the Children's IG page, basically during the COVID-19 have had celebrities, well-known individuals at that. Not C-list, maybe, you know, not to necessarily judge or put anybody in hierarchy, but people that are very well-known have been reading these children's books on their IG page. And the video before her post had like 6,000 views. Then they posted Megan's video. One day, her video had over 800,000 views. Now, at the time of me recording this, I think it has something like 1.3 million views on the Save the Children page, right? But the video that was there before Megan's video was posted jumped from 6,000 views to over 118,000 views in a day. Just about, or at least over 100,000 views. 6,000 to 100,000. Now, that's only one metric. Another impact, and probably the most impactful, is that if you scroll through the comments of that post, even right now, you'll see that the vast majority of those comments are from people asking, how can I donate? Where do I donate? People saying that they will donate and those saying that they have donated. Sis, the impact, the influence, the power. This is why charities love Harry and Meghan, because they know people love them. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers do not. So well done to Harry and Meghan for pinpointing a charity on their son's birthday. Another example of how important it is to connect their son with the act of giving, the act of using his life, his influence, his privilege to shine a light on other causes and people who could use it for the better. And I am always going to support anyone who uses their impact for good because they genuinely want to make something better, whatever that thing is. Charities don't have to worry about going bankrupt or closing their doors when Harry and Meghan are involved. And we're just going to leave it right there. So well done to them. And thank you for loving the girls enough to share that moment with us. I mean, and on that note, thank you for staying involved with your patronages and charities from the left coast, especially in the midst of a pandemic. That says a lot to me. And the conversations are meaningful. And you're influencing so many more people who are watching you, especially young people who see that, who see the embodiment of it's cool to be kind. You're influencing them to do more and to be more than they ever thought they could as it pertains to the act of charity and giving and the impact that you could make to benefit someone else. So that to me is the most meaningful thing, not just in the pandemic, but from what I've seen from them from the beginning. So thank you for that. And speaking of books, let's talk about the author Emily Giffen. 
Girl, have you lost your mind? Because I can help you find it. Way to expose the fact that you live in crazy town. Like, are you dumb? To be honest, I can't even be mad at this bum because she is just too crazy. I don't even like to pathologize folks. But sis, if she ain't seeing somebody, she might want to go ahead and do that. Okay? And if she is, maybe see somebody who's a little bit more effective. That's all I'm saying. Because she is just too obsessed. Why is so obsessed with me? Girl, I want to know. She's obsessed. Possessed, even. So if you don't know, on the day that Megan released the video of Archie and herself reading the book, Archie's birthday, Emily saw how happy and beautiful and loving the Sussexes were as a family. And that was said, I have had enough. You hear me? She, unable to control her rage, took to her Instagram and exposed herself for the bigoted loon she is. Look, I know I'm using a lot of words, but it really applies to her. So taking the time out of your day to take a harmless video and vilify the mother of this child, neither have done anything to you for your global audience is not very advisable. So she took the same video that you and I saw and she used that to call Megan a bad mother or saying that she's, quote, not maternal. A, Karen, are you blind? And B, Harry is not your man. That ship has sailed, sis. Matter of fact, you didn't even have a ticket. And we can go back through her content and see everything that she's ever said about Megan. And it has been rooted in her resentment of her seeing Megan marry Harry. See, Emily and people like Emily hate Megan because they all know that Harry probably had one conversation with Megan and decided, you know what? That woman is about to have my children. Period. And they can't stand it. So then the whole dance starts all over. Whether it's an Emily, a Emma, a Karen, a Becky, a Susan, a Martha, a Angela, a Sarah, it don't matter. It's the whole dance over and over and over again. Same song, same dance. Don't matter what day it is, don't matter what year it is, it's the same story. And that story is blame Megan. Blame Megan for Harry leaving. Blame Megan for the royal family failing. Blame Megan for everything imaginable. And what I find funny is that she was complaining about Megan being in shorts and Archie being in a onesie, saying, This is not royal and it's not a good way to represent the royals or the royal family. And to that, I say, I agree. You're right, Emily. Megan and Harry and Archie are no longer representatives for your royal family or the royal family that you love so much. Because as far as I know, Emily is a, an American. You're right. Y'all love to say, oh, well, they're not royal no more. So who cares about a onesie? Why are you so invested in hating on a one-year-old in a onesie? And you people have said at every turn, they're not royal. Well, don't get mad when Harry and Meghan are out here being the average family because you got what you wanted. So what in the world are you complaining about now? She's not a royal, remember? Archie doesn't even have a title. Little brother flexed in his onesie all day long, and you shouldn't have a thing to say about it. 
And you ever notice for people to be royal watchers, why are they spending all their times watching every move that the non-royals do? What about your faves? You seem transfixed with everything that happens on the West Coast. What about your future king and queen? Because we never see you talk about them. In fact, Harry and Meghan and Archie are out here in their T-shirts and denim shirts and onesies out here being regular folk. They told you they were leaving. They left. And you should move on. Because bashing Meghan only hurts you. It only makes you look bad. It only raises her profile. So I don't know when you people are going to learn this, but in the long run, your prospects don't look good and you are only hurting your own brand, especially if you've already built one. Why would you spend years building your brand as an author only to turn around and let your crazy take over your Instagram and bash somebody that you don't know who's done nothing to you behind her maternal instincts? I wonder if you know anything about maternal instincts. And so now your book's got all kinds of negative reviews because you can't seem to keep your resentment to yourself. Girl, at least get a finsta if you want to go off somewhere and be a bit of Betty. But see, I'm kind of glad that she did because she showed us who she is. It's a lot of people. I always give a side eye to people. Look, I'm going to stop right there. I'm not surprised. She just couldn't help herself. And so now she's paying the consequences. Megan's still out here living her life. Meanwhile, Emily was getting dragged around the globe at light speed. And then people went digging for receipts. And it turns out she's had a lot to say about Megan. She's pretty much had it out for Megan as soon as she got married. She pretends to like Megan. Yeah, I really like her. But then it always goes into, well, you know, there's just something I can't put my finger on. There's just something about her I don't like. And then it's just outright hatred that she's posted on her Instagram. The author, who's had at least one book made into a movie. Like, girl, this pandemic got y'all out here acting crazy. Emily, it's time to let go. He's gone with the wind. He ain't coming back. You're American, but you want him to come back to where you want him to be in your box. Harry and Meghan out here living their lives. They're doing their thing. You gots to let that go. Pop a pain pill. Sleep it off, sis, because you're fighting a losing battle and we all kind of feel sorry for you. You got to do better. And speaking of another author and books, let's talk about Omid, Finding Freedom, the unauthorized biography of Harry and Meghan and their time as senior royals in the royal family. Now, it's amazing how this book, even just the news of that book, caused the whole British tabloid establishment to have a fit, even at just the title, Finding Freedom. Granted, I understand that these outlets are all thirsty for any Harry and Meghan news, and they're willing to talk about anything that relates to them. We know that. But when the news of this book hit the airwaves or the Twitterverse, and it was Finding Freedom as a title, you had everybody asking, Finding Freedom? Finding Freedom? Freedom for what? And we all know very well what the title refers to or at least the ideas that the title is referring to. To me, the faux outrage only says that the title must have struck a chord. And it definitely made some people bark. And like my grandma say, a hit dog will holler. So if you don't know Omid Scobie, he's a journalist who throughout the highs and lows of the Sussexes as senior royals, 
he has kept his integrity and his reputation intact. That's probably the most important takeaway from his coverage of the Sussexes. It's the most valuable at that. But at the height of Meghan and Harry mania, and this is within the context of them being senior royals, for better or for worse, Scobie has not jumped to publish nonsense about Meghan just because he knew it would get clicks, even though he could have. All right. Now, it helps to be a writer and a journalist for non-tabloid publications and networks. And so if you don't know, Scobie writes for Harper's Bazaar. He's also a senior or a royal correspondent for ABC. And that's an American network. While he does have, I'd say, a professional relationship with a lot of the journalists that I despise, I won't even call them journalists, girl, reporters, that I despise, British tabloid reporters, as a professional myself, I understand that that's par for, for the course, for just maintaining longevity in your career. You need to keep relationships healthy and cultivate them over time. No hate for me. Relationships and connections matter, especially in businesses like that. Cool. That said, Omen has never allowed his integrity to be bought. And if you notice, he will check people with the quickness. I've seen him do that on a number of occasions. Now, I don't really know how he rolled before Sussex Squad, but I honestly didn't even follow him before Harry and Meghan became the Sussexes. But I'm sure he didn't mind setting the record straight before, you know. But although I don't engage with his tweets a whole lot, I respect the work that he's done and I'm sure he'll continue to do good work. So whatever the case, I'm really just only interested when he posts things about the Sussexes because do I need to explain it? But I don't expect journalists to just like Harry and Meghan for no reason. And I don't get upset when someone has a fair criticism of Harry or Meghan. But what we don't respect is people who call themselves journalists only to lie on a pregnant woman on a regular basis or make up sources just to get a story on Megan. And he's never done that. So by all appearances, Scobie has been fair and he's been consistent. And I think that he's being rewarded for that. Just like the Harper's Bazaar article documenting Megan's last engagement as a senior royal at the Buckingham Palace. That was an amazing article, but it also showed you a little bit about how Harry and Meghan notice exactly who is writing what about them. It's not that they're only surrounding themselves with people who have something positive and fluffy to say about them, but they're just not allowing near them those journalists. And we saw that in the statement, those journalists, those reporters who just tell lies because they know any story about Harry and Meghan is going to get traction. So Omen, I think just that last Harper's Bazaar article, it showed me a little bit, just a little peek into Meghan's perspective of how she's been covered as she made her way out of England and out of royal life. And not just anybody is going to get to see that and to cover that. So the fact that Omit was able to do that, that showed me a little bit more about the fact that they trust him. They trust journalists like him. I think there were a couple of other people that were there too, but that was it. That was it. So he's always been good in my book. And of course, the rumors will swirl about the book, especially given how much buzz it had. And it was like number one in its category on Amazon.com already. And the book won't even be out until August. Buzz about the fact that Harry and Meghan commissioned him to write the book or something to that effect. He was not commissioned to write that book. Him and the other lady that's writing with it, I think her name is Carolyn, 
It's my understanding that this is an unauthorized biography. Though people are trying to say Harry and Meghan had input, of course, they would say that. Whether they did or didn't, nobody really knows. But they would say any and everything to cast a bad light on Harry and Meghan just because they know this is something that's just another thing that's going to bode well for them, even if they have nothing to do with it. Because a lot of people are going to buy the book. I bought the book already. But I noticed some of Omen's colleagues in the Rhoda and at the tabloids were really in their feelings about that title. Now, I don't know about y'all, but the title Finding Freedom makes sense to me. And again, I know a lot of the girls are asking freedom from what, but the short answer is you. Freedom from you, boo. Freedom from the tyranny of regular character assassinations and shady deals being made behind your back by your own blood. Freedom from toxic insecurity from literally everyone around you. How about freedom from the constraints of a rigid institution that turns its nose up to modernity? even though that's the only thing that can save it. We ain't got no time for that. At any rate, I think the book will give us all an inside look about some of the things Harry and Meghan went through in the last two years. The two years that they've been married, the first two years of their marriage, quite literally, all while they are forming their family. This still is unbelievable. This idea of pushing out the two most beloved members of the royal family. Five years would have been a fast turnaround on that. But less than two years? That is just incredible to me. And so I want to know what happened. I know I keep saying this. I want the truth to come out. I know the girls are scared. Like, they really scared about what a book like this is going to reveal. They don't want to see Harry and Meghan do an interview, which we all want to see Harry and Meghan do an interview. At some point, because, uh-uh, two years, uh-uh, uh-uh. I want to know what happened. And I just don't think that this is something that Omid will skip over. I'm sure there will be some documenting of their tours, patronage engagements and things like that, and their trajectory beyond England. But the cause and effect of these major dominoes that have fallen is what I want to see. And I hope he includes his take on that. Because to be honest, He's been there for the whole bit of it. This is the most honest perspective that I think we will have had up until this point and the most extensive. So like I said, I already bought the book because if nothing else, I appreciate how fair he's been in these last two years because that's rare. And honestly, his is a take I trust when it comes to Harry and Meghan. Also, I can't leave out the fact that he has actually written about Sussex Squad efforts throughout these last two years, from the Global Sussex Baby Shower and the tree planting and Archie Day. All of those got write-ups in Harper's Bazaar, if I'm not mistaken. He's documented it all. And I feel I can say this now. He even passed my Dear Baby Sussex video along to Harry and Meghan. That was the day before Archie was born, and I remember being on cloud nine just because to me, it didn't even matter whether they watched it or not, which, I mean, the internet being the internet, they probably did. But the fact that he even did that, that meant everything to me because that demonstrated the type of person he is. That was my very first edit, the very first one. So the fact that they got to see that, I never told anybody. I just kept that and I was just like happy with the knowledge of it. You know what I mean? That was even before I started the podcast. 
So from there, I just decided, you know, as long as he's fair, as long as he remains unbiased in his perspective and reporting, if he ever put out a book, not knowing that he would put this one out, but if he ever put out a book, I will support it. I'm supporting it. Plus, I think it'll be worth the read. So and if I love it, I'll buy a few copies to give away for the set fam because that's how I roll. You know what I mean? And just to close this off, to be clear, because I know the girls love to run with a snippet or a clip. Omid is not Sussex Squad. He does not need to be. He is a journalist who does his job. And that's that on that. The last thing I wanted to talk about was how the remainders are behaving in the teen-teen, the quarantine-teen. They're really throwing everything at the wall just to see what sticks. And when outside open back up, I'm really going to be paying attention to how some of these American media outlets and magazines write about the rest of the royal family in relation to Harry and Meghan specifically. I just feel like the remainders have tentacles because they're still a part of an institution that's age old that for some reason people still respect. But they're going to be reaching far and wide to put in a good word with the American media outlets because they know how we feel about our Duke and Duchess and our fellow American Archie. They got a lot of love in these streets. We've been through that. So I'm specifically referring to an article I saw in Cosmo referring to Prince Harry now being, quote, back in touch with William after tensions ease between Kate and Meghan. A, that's trash for Cosmo. I think even just that headline, because it's like the whole pitting women against each other. I didn't really read the article. I just saw the headline. But then that was like, oh, okay, so here they go. But that being said, whether there was real tension between Megan and Kate, it doesn't matter. It never really did matter because people are going to believe what they wanted to believe. But what I don't like is that it kind of takes the responsibility off of Will, given what we know or what we feel like we know about the type of personality he is and the part that he played and the fact that Harry and Megan left the royal family that quick after their marriage. It's easy to blame the woman. So in this regard, I'm going to say lead the women out of it, right? But I feel like that could be. I don't know for a fact, but I think an article like that could be. Forget the content of the article, because I'm sure it's just fluff. It's just BS. But that could be the first of its kind. And we could see a lot more articles trying to essentially mend what we know is at least at the present time, to some extent, broken. Granted, they are brothers. But my siblings wouldn't treat me like that. You know what I mean? Given how much Harry has done for the family up to this point and how much he had on the line as he's building his own family. You know, family doesn't behave like that. So something went down. But I'm just so skeptical of an article like that because I wonder, hmm, now where does this really come from? Where is this coming from? Like, who was paid to write this? Who was paid to put this out there? Because really, a lot of these magazines and publications, it's all about controlling a certain narrative. And again, BP, KP, Clarence House, particularly I would say KP because they're the younger royals in the family. They got a lot invested in people liking them. Like they want people to root for them. They want people to be interested in what they do from day to day. The same exact way that people are interested in what Harry and Meghan do for today. I mean, when Harry and Meghan are on a Zoom call, whether together or separate, when they go out minding their business, delivering food, when Meghan is mentoring a young lady before an interview, every single thing they do makes news. 
I'm talking about from major outlets like NBC, CBS, at least tweeting about it, to smaller magazines and everything in between. And then when you got supporters like the Sussex Squad, we share that far and wide, right? They ain't got that engine behind them. So I'm wondering to what extent are they now trying to court American publications who have been, by and large, quite supportive of Megan and calling out the hypocrisy that in the coverage and also just the terrible way that she's been treated since she was over there. But now that she's home, it's like, yeah, we got a girl. I don't really have anything to base this on, but I'm just wondering, but just because I know how this stuff works. So just keep an eye out for that. But to that, I will say, don't try it, Will, okay? Because we see you trying to get in good, possibly, allegedly, could possibly be with the Sussexes because you're parched in your dry ghetto. Maybe. Maybe we see you guys are trying to emulate everything, even in the quarantine, everything the Sussexes do with Megan wears her hair back. Khadija's got her hair pulled back the next time. You know, we saw that literally one day apart. And, you know, just understand that Buckingham Palace and y'all's other communications directors and statements and things like that, that don't fly over here. We don't care nothing about it, boo. And so above all, we will never forget how you seemingly coordinated with the tabloids to question the mental health of your own baby brother as he fought for his life against them. Literally fighting for the quality of his life while you and your staff appear to shake hands with the devil and make deals against him behind his back. We ain't forgot. We ain't forgot. And the icing on the cake was the way you and your coat hanger treated them at the Commonwealth Service in their very last engagement as a couple, as senior royals. The whole world turned into body language experts that day because that made news. Didn't make you look good. And again, it didn't hurt Harry and Meghan. It really only helped their cause. But the world finally got to see Big Willie for who he is, which in my opinion is a big bully. And I wouldn't even talk about Khadija's sour face because truly she's irrelevant in all this because Will is the blood brother correct? Khadijah can barely speak English out here, so we just gonna bless her heart and keep it moving. But William, you know better, sis. And I feel like you've chosen over and over not to do better. So as it stands in 2020, we don't claim you. And to quote the legend Miss Mariah Carey herself, we don't know her. So keep it tipping on Zoom and review the terms of that deal you made with the devil because he's coming to collect. And quite frankly, that right there ain't none of Harry and Meghan's business. So go on and sleep in that bed you made, because it's all on you, baby girl. Period, is. And well, girls and guys, that is all I have for today. If you want to support the podcast and commune with the set fam, you can find us over at Patreon. Find me at SussexSet. That's patreon.com slash SussexSet. I am also on Twitter at Sussex Squad and on Instagram at Sussex Set. So find me there. I love engaging with you guys on all the different platforms and just getting to know more about each of you guys. I may not be able to get the chance to reply to everyone in a timely fashion, but just know that I do see you and I appreciate you. So as always, you guys are incredible. Literally the best thing about Twitter in 2020. So please stay safe. Stay blessed. And stay positive while these other folks stay pressed. You feel me? And until next time, 
Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.